That's awesome. Thanks, music team. Thanks. Sound, AV, everyone that goes towards hospitality. Cafe. Making this place home. I'm listening to a song at the moment, Jason Upton, called Home. And the words of it are so biblically sound. And he talks about before he was even born, before the fall, God was home. Before there was a gap between Eden and him, he was already home. And God was that home. And God wants to be our home. Such a difference between a house and a home. Anyone can build a house. Not everyone builds a home. Home's inside the house. Home is a culture. It has a heartbeat, has a substance. Everyone's looking for home. Everyone's looking for the place and the why they were created. And unfortunately, so many people find the wrong thing, the wrong home, and never find the right home, the one they were created to know. So I know and I pray we would know home. And God said to me years ago, make this place a home where people find acceptance and value and love. Powerful, eh? Um, I do really want to encourage us all to register if you're married, and even if you're thinking of getting married one day, to make some time out for the marriage workshops we're going to look at. God has given us a covenant called marriage. The entire Bible is defined by us understanding the marriage covenant between God and man and then man and woman. We don't understand the marriage covenant. We won't understand the Bible. We'll never understand the Father and his plan if we don't know the purpose for why he created us. We'll never enter into the fullness, and we certainly won't enter into it in our marriages. He said the two would become one, not the two would remain two individuals, but the two would become one in spirit. And so really want to encourage you to come out and take the time, do whatever you need to do to be there. Um, if we have enough people, there will be childcare, so we can take care of that for you as well and help you and serve you to be there. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting, I have to laugh. Um, Danny and I invested into our marriage on Friday night, and Saturday we went to Ridge's Hotel for the night, and uh, we then went out and had an Italian meal in town and just hung out together, got the kids sorted, and just had quality time together. You know, it's funny when you think no one's watching and no one's seeing. <laughs> Until you get the text that afternoon to say, hey, I saw you having breakfast at Ridge's Hotel. And I said to Danny, lucky we were well behaved, eh? <laughs> and Jeanette and Rick had gone by apparently in their car or stopped at the lights and saw us having <laughs> our breakfast. And we're like, we were behaved. Yes, we were. Good. Okay. <laughs> But we value our marriage and we invest into it in a variety of ways. And one of the ways, guys, is to take your ladies out for the night and just have a nice now out on the town and just enjoy one another. <laughs> if you missed that, a certain female over here said, preach it, Greg, to which another male said, hey, pipe down. <laughs> her, her husband. <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, ladies, take your men out. Amen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, we're going to continue on. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm always excited. Um, and I'm pregnant again with his word. And, you know, we're looking at this eternal word that builds us. You know, and I want to unpack more of that this morning because God comes to build his church and he builds it through his word, himself, and the words that he speaks. And I want to just start by asking us a question, because so often I think we can, we can just gather and maybe never really realize the purpose of our gathering. It can just be because this is what I've always done, and I do it religiously, and that, is it wrong? No, it's not necessarily wrong, but is it producing life? Do you know the why we gather? Do you know the purpose of the preaching of the word? Do you know why what's about to happen 
is about to happen, and do you know the purpose for it? Do you understand why God said, declare my word, speak of my word? What would be the point? Is it just to acquire some information? Is it just to feel good? Is it, is it just to, I don't know, I don't know why we do it. Actually, it's just something we do. So we need to know why and what the purpose of the de- declaration or the spoken word is. Amen. And so I want us to go to just have a look at Romans for a minute. And then I'm going to read you a statement. Um, So Romans 10, verse 14. Romans 10, 14 to 17. Love how the caption says, The word of faith brings salvation. And salvation isn't just a one-off event. Salvation is an entire process of life being transformed, transfigured into the image of God. So we are the, in the image of God because God puts his spirit within us. And he says, now I'm going to transform you into that very image that you already are. And you're going to have this life in you that's powerful, this life that overcomes, this life when things come to challenge and test it, the life in you speaks to the very trial of the tribulation that's coming at you. The very thought that may be sent your way, you're able to hear it and go, that's not of truth. That That's a lie, and so I just ignore it because there's a life in me, a word in me that's being formed in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory, that enables me to live this life out. So he says this in Romans 10, 14, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him in whom they have not heard? We're going to look at a little bit of that today. It's very important. And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Can you hear that's a precept upon a precept here? It's like an order that's flowing. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him who have not heard? You can't believe in something you haven't heard. And how will they hear without someone declaring it? See the synergy and the oneness and the alignment? And how will they preach unless they're sent? See, it's not just a good idea. God sends men and women. He sent his son, didn't he? He sent his son with a mission, with an objective, with a specific goal in mind. People of God are sent. He says, I'm sending you into the world. So we go with this commissioning. We go with an authority. But he sends people to his sent people. So he sends apostles, he sends prophets, he sends teachers, he sends pastors, he sends evangelists to God's people. What for? For the equipping and the building up of the saints. What for? That they can do the works of service. So you see this sent pattern continuously in the entire word, the story of God. So it's not just about we're being sent to a world. He sends Christians to Christians. Do you know what some Christians do? Or I should say, do you know what some of the Israelites did when God sent them people? What did they do? They killed them. Why? They didn't like what they said. Why else did they kill them? Because they didn't understand why and who they were. And they didn't understand that God had sent them or them, just like they didn't understand Jesus being sent for them. They didn't understand the pattern. So when the word was declared by Jesus, by his apostles, by his prophets, they didn't hear it because they didn't understand the purpose. They weren't in tuning in to hear something of a frequency that was of another realm called heaven. And so God sends, how are they going to know unless I send people? But will you receive those that are sent for you? And will the world receive the church when the church goes and wants the world to receive it? It's very important we understand this sent reality. Continues on, just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. 
So as individuals and as a church, we've got the good news. We've got good things. We've been, and hopefully we're in a reality of God that's so good, we want to share it. How will I hear unless the church goes and shares the great news about the one they fall in love with? And no, let me tell you about this life through this eternal word that's changing me, transforming me, bringing me into life, healing my bitterness, healing the stuff of my heart from my past and setting me free. That's just not words in a book. That's the eternal word. That's Jesus and the words of Jesus received through the power of Jesus into the church. That's a powerful church. That's not a church that limps along. That's surviving life. That's an overcoming people, but not through our own strength. It says if you put the deeds, the flesh by the Spirit, you will have life. By the power of the Word, by the power of the Spirit of God, that's how you get life. Life, not by trying to overcome in your flesh. The good news, however... They did not all heed the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So not everybody heeds the word that goes out. And not everybody believes what they're hearing. Why? Because it might be so countercultural to what you think. And it might be so opposite to what you've ever thought and believed. And so what you're hearing, you're going, that can't be right. Why? Because you may be discerning it through your messed up fleshly filter going, ah, that can't be right. And it may just be right. So do not think, Jesus said, I've come to bring peace. Don't think I came to bring peace. I came to bring a sword, my word that would cut and penetrate and separate flesh and spirit. Don't love anyone other than me more than me. Otherwise, you are not worthy to be called my disciple. Whoa, that's a heavy word, isn't it? He's laying it right out there. If you love someone more than Jesus, you're not worthy to be Jesus' disciple. Now, that's a word that have received, and the power of that, and that brings you into the life of that, is like powerful. That doesn't mean you don't love someone else, but you don't love them more than. They're not the apple of your eye. They're not the centerpiece of your world. That would be called a codependent relationship, which isn't healthy for either or person. For I want you free of all people. I do not want you entrusting your heart to anybody but me. How will they know unless someone comes and shares and preaches the reality of the kingdom of God on the earth? How will they get freed from the earth and all the magnetic pulls of the earth and all the earth's way if one is not sent, if two is not sent, if I don't send an army of heavenly people called ambassadors of my kingdom to come and speak the word, not words. Anyone can talk words. Anyone can get up here and open a book and read words. But not everybody spends the time with the Lord to get the word from the Lord and get up and speak the word that has power, that is doing a work and then speaks of the work. They are very different realities. So two men, two women can get up and they can both speak about discipleship. One is and one's not. They can talk about the kingdom. One is, one's not. Do you have the ability to discern and hear the word? Not the words that sound the same, the word. Can you discern the ability from a leader who is loving relationally and leading relationally over a leader that loves relationally and leads functionally? Can you hear the difference in your own heart? Because they'll sound the same. But how will you know unless one comes and preaches what? The word that builds the church, heals the church, edifies the church, equips the church. For the power is in the word, not in my human ability to try and make it happen. All I have to do is position myself to receive what I'm hearing through the power of the Spirit. And boom, I'm changed. It puts to death all the dead works. Hallelujah. Amen. 
called religion. Religion is hard work, man. And rules without a relationship is religion. And religion leads to rebellion. Did you hear those four R's? Powerful, powerful stuff. But the word brings life. He says they haven't believed our report. So faith, verse 17, comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith, the ability to see the unseen, the ability to have a living conviction in your spirit, in your heart, mind, know it's true, and to live for it with all you've got comes through the ability to hear a word of Christ. We need to know what the word of Christ is, guys. If we don't know what the word of Christ is, how are we ever going to get faith? How are we ever going to have sight to see in the unseen? And Paul said, I've given you the things in the Spirit. They're freely given for you to see the things in the unseen. So if I was to ask you, write down now one of the things you're seeing in the unseen realm and get up and preach and share, could you? Because we're to be the people of that reality that are seeing things daily in the unseen and then preaching them to the earth. Let me tell you about the Son of God. Let me tell you about my identity. Let me tell you about love and peace and joy and forgiveness and freedom and life in Jesus. Let me tell you that I not die when I die. There is no death after this physical death. I'm alive in Christ and will be forever. Amen. Now, there's a frequency that the earth is waiting to hear. But it must come from people that are in the word, know the word, hear the word, can deliver the frequency because it's a frequency. You need to tune into it like a radio. You need to tune in instead of this. Welcome to Radio Sport. Liverpool beat West Ham this morning, 3-0, in their opening game. Hallelujah. Come on, boys. Here's the thing. We love testimony. We love to hear people's testimony. It's great. They are good. But they're not the word. There's a work that's been done in them. And so you're to share the testimony of the work Jesus has done. It's powerful for the individual because the testimony of the work has created a word in them that they speak. But to you, it just encourages you, which is awesome. It's encouragement, but it's not going to build you. You need to hear the word. See, so often we go, oh, share your testimony. Share this life story. Give me a nice little story. It's good. It's right. But it's not the word. It's the work of the word. Can you hear the difference? We are called to share testimony, but it shouldn't be the main thing you look for. It's the word of God you need to hear. Okay, so it's like one story, 99% the word going out. Stories are good. Testimonies are good. Share the story. But can you hear the word? And our natural thing is we want the stories because we can connect to the story. Can you connect to the word? Major difference. Be in both. Testimony edifies, encourages. But the word itself reveals God. Very different. One encourages, one reveals God. Which one do you want? Both. But you want the word, then you get a testimony. Word, testimony. Word, testimony. Lifestyle. And that's for every one of us. When we come together and one shares, they're sharing of the work through the word they've received. That's powerful. Powerful. I want to just read this out, and it will come up um, on the screen. I've taken some time just to think about these words. The purpose for speaking God's word is for faith to be established in the hearts and minds of God's people through the hearing of the spoken word. The purpose for speaking God's word is for faith, a full conviction of what is spoken, to be established in the heart and minds of God's people through the hearing 
of what is declared. God's word builds his church. God's word builds from the inside out. God's word word builds a strong, vibrant people who overcome their flesh, the world, and the enemy. They walk in the manner in which Jesus walked. As he was, we are to be. That's a prophetic, living promise to be realized by God's church. So we come in in our relationship, and you come as you are. God says, I will love you, accept you, value you, and I want to build you. And I want to build you as a people group so you can walk in the manner in which I walked upon this earth. Now, the challenge with that is you've got to lose your life for my sake, not for your sake, not so you can just get something from me. You've got to lose your life for my sake, for only then will you find the life you were created for and find true home. But if you will do that, I promise you, you will have a life within you and coming through you that will be indestructible, impenetrable, For the seed in which it is forming does not come from the earth, but it comes from heaven where my Father is. It comes from the eternal, and nothing can be rocked in the eternal. For the heaven and the earth will pass away because they are temple, but my word will never pass away because it is eternal, and it's my Son and the words of my Son. And I want to implant that word into you. You can have the armor of Jesus in you all the time and live like Jesus did on the earth. And I look at men and women who did it. So it isn't just Jesus. I look at men like Stephen. I look at men like Peter. I look at men like Paul. I look at women like Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and they live this life that I'm declaring. And they were not special. They were not all called to be apostles and prophets, 120 in that room. But they were all called to receive the word. And they were all called to be a people and a nation, holy and consecrated and set apart onto the Lord and to be ambassadors of the realm that Jesus was from. Amen? Through the power of the word of God. So, part number two. The eternal word that builds Christ in us. Matthew 4 three to four. Matthew four, three to four, it should come up on the screen. And the tempter came and said to him, or the devil, if you are the son of God, command these stones, become bread. But he answered and said, it is written. Let's say this together. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the scenario is Jesus has been in the wilderness 40 days. He was sent there by the Spirit to be tempted and tried and tested by the devil. You like that? God tests you to see what you got and when you got the real deal in you. Why? So you can overcome. Because then the devil comes and challenges his identity. The first thing he does, he goes after his identity. If you are the son of God, do you know you're a son in a way that's changing your life? Not just intellectually, revelationally. Otherwise, he's going to mess you up big time. If you don't know who you are, he'll come because he knows the word. He knows the logos. We're going to look at this. And he can twist it and shape it. Do you know the rima and the logos? So he comes and he tries to throw this frequency. He throws this other word out. Can you hear the word? Because he's going to throw a word at you. So he says this, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Why? Because he's hungry. He wasn't hungry when he was in the wilderness for 40 days. It's only when he comes out of that aspect. This is amazing, isn't it? How when you're eating the word, how it sustains your physical body. What can you do when you're eating the word, the true word of God? Trump's tiredness, sleepiness, don't have energy. I'm not saying you don't need to sleep, 
But there's a supernatural, because the gospel is supernatural, there's a supernatural source of life in you that trumps your flesh. And now what your spirit is willing to do, your flesh can do it. Remember the garden? Your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. Why? Because you're living from your soul realm, your mind, your will, your emotions. They are dictating your life on earth, my people. Why? Because you're only living on physical bread. It's all you got. And it's time to grow up and get on real bread that enables you to live the life I have destined and called you for, which is not earthly, it's heavenly on the earth. But you can't live it if you're not eating the right food. You can't build big muscles at the gym if you're going to fill your body with maccas. What you sow, you will reap. You're going to grow, but you won't be growing the right way. You're going to grow and you'll be going against your objective. So if you're trying to look like the rock, Dwayne Johnson, and you eat Maccas, you're not going to look like him. Doesn't matter how hard you try, if you keep eating the wrong food, you're going to get what you're eating. And Jesus is trying to say, it's time to get off physical food. I know you need it. You need it for your physical body. But if you're not eating the real things, the word, you're not going to be able to live above the earth. You will be an earthling when you've been called to be a kingdom or ambassador from another realm who lives on the earth. You've been anchored and unhooked by the power of the word. And so he's saying, come on, every word Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of my father. Don't be an Esau. What did Esau do? He gave up his birthright. Why? Because he was hungry for physical food. He gave up his birthright and then moaned about it. Why? Because his physical need, his physical urgent need, not his essential need, but his urgent need of feeding his body in that moment took over and his flesh took over and he didn't have what was in him enough to go no like Jesus. And he gave his birthright. His younger brother even worked him out of his blessing. Birthright and blessing. Are you in both of what you've been called? You have a birthright in Christ, and he wants to bless your life in a spiritual way through his word. But we can give over the birthright and we can give over the blessing because we're eating natural food. He says it's time to get off it as it's your main dietary food. I know you need it, but it ain't going to cut it of who I've created you to be and become. And he tells you, man shall not live on bread alone. It's a command, guys. He ain't mucking around because he wants you and me as his children to experience the fullness of why he died and why he rose again. Shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Faith comes through hearing the word of Christ, it's the same thing. The word of God that comes forth out of God's mouth. Jesus was God and man. He spoke, hear that word. You get sight. You see what you're living for. You just leave this rubbish behind and you walk. Beautiful. How will they know unless one comes and starts to share and preach and declare the reality that one has come into and is coming into? How will they know in your workplace if you never share? How will they know in your schools if you never share? How will they know in your neighbor if you never share if you keep it all to yourself? Maybe that's because you're not eating the right food, so you don't know how good it is to share it. Taste and see the Lord is good. What are you eating? What's your diet like? As in the physical, it's in the spiritual. Sea time and harvest. The seed goes out, it produces a harvest. Do you have a harvest yet in you? Do you have a harvest of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, forgiveness, rest, freedom? Because you are receiving the seed that goes out by a person that's throwing it randomly. 
One to hurt seed, that'll hit. That one, that up on the balcony, and everyone else over here, and everyone else who wants to listen has ears to hear. The eternal word of God. Esau gave up his birthright. Don't give it up for physical food. Don't give up what God has for you because you're eating the wrong food. He only had eyes and hunger for what was physically urgent and not the spiritually essential. He only had eyes for the, what was physically urgent and not was spiritually essential. Man should not live on bread alone, but every word, it's the rhema word. There is a difference between word and word. There is the Bible calls a logos word and a rhema word. Okay, I'm going to tell you what the difference is. In this context, he's saying man cannot live on anything but a rhema word. A logos word is informational. Example, Greg, let me tell you about love from a Greek or a Hebrew perspective. So I clearly articulate the four aspects of love from a Greek mindset, agape, eros, and so on. And I explain to you the logos word, the informational word that what love is. Are you tracking with me? I'm sharing information. You're writing information and you're learning the logos knowledge, the informational knowledge of what love is from a Hebrew or a Greek mindset. It's right, it's good, but it doesn't produce life. It just produces information. So you have information, you have a knowledge of what love is, but it doesn't mean you've received love. It doesn't mean you can live from love. You need to receive a rema word, a transformational word, the word of God when that is spoken and goes out into the air and God has given us the Holy Spirit and he's waiting to reveal it to us and that word goes out and you hear in the Spirit, receive it in the Spirit into you. Now you've just received the word of God that Jesus is talking about here. A rema word, a word that's going to change you, a word that's living Active, sharper than a double-edged sword. This is the word the church needs if it's going to change, not Logos. We need Logos as a framework, but Logos is not where we stay. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of the church have stayed. We've tried to understand Logos. All we've got is Logos. We've got information about God, but we just haven't got God. (laughs) He says you search the Logos because you think in the Logos you're going to have what? life, eternal life, but you're unwilling to come to the Rima. Why? Because the Rima has power. The Rima is going to challenge every thought. The Rima is going to challenge your issues of your heart. It's going to open up the can of worms that you've been trying to cover over your whole life. What for though? To set you free. (laughs) So we go, no, I'll just know the Logos because that's safe. And I don't have to open up what's really under the hood because I'm afraid what everyone else is going to think and see. He goes, but that's the only way you're going to get free. So we cover over and we go, right, I've got to try and intellectualize this. I'm going to to do it. I'm going to learn the Logos and I'm going to have all the information. I'll be the dude with all the answers. Well, that's cool, but you want to be the dude that can live it out. And if you can't, then that's called hypocrisy. And that's what Jesus hated the most. And he called it a brood of viper. We have to live on Rima if you want to be different. You have to be able to hear the Rima word if you want to be changed. Now, please hear me. Logos is not bad. It is not wrong. But it won't change you. It's factual, technically correct. Is there a hell? Why? Because I read the Logos and it told me there was a hell. Here's the Rema. What are you doing about that? And how has that changed your life? And how has that created conviction and passion for Jesus? 
and then what's happening in your life if you really believe that's true? If it's nothing, then all you have is logos. You know it's technically correct, but Jesus said man cannot live on that. Man needs to live on rima, which is the spoken word. Let's go to Genesis. I think I'll probably take off here if I haven't already. (laughs) You understand? You know when Jesus said, my words are spirit and life in John 63? That's what he's saying. See, my words are rima and they have life. They're from the spirit and they have life. So what happened there is when he spoke those words, because he was saying, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood, a whole lot of disciples said what? This is too hard to listen to and understand. Who can understand this? Then his disciples walked away. I thought disciples wanted to become like the master, the teacher. See, if you don't love me more than another, you cannot be my disciple. When that Rima comes and it challenges your true state. This is what God said to me. The great commandment exposes and challenges the heart. And I shared this the other night. It's an MRI scanner. And an MRI scanner scans multidimensionally your inside to show you what's truly in there. Now, you might not know that you've got a disease right now growing, but if you had an MRI scan, it could show you so you could get healed, yeah? And this is the challenge. What's under the hood? And is it killing you? Is it robbing you of life because you don't even know it's even maybe there? But the great commandment comes along like an MRI scanner and it says, hey, do you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength? It asks that question and puts you like an x-ray vision and it scans you and goes, ooh, or yeah, well done. You've transitioned from leaving your life and seeking and trusting and coming into life. Or it might say this, no, you've got a wife and a child and a business in your heart, and you love that before you love the Lord. I see the Lord's in there, but he's number five on the list, and God says, I want to be number one. And no one else is living in that heart, by the way, because I won't share my glory with anybody. But you'll give my life, I'll give you my love, and you'll love him, and you'll love him with my love not your selfish love that lacks power. So when they don't act the way they're supposed to, you can still love them like me rather than bag them and pull them down with your words. You can speak words of life and lift them up even when they don't deserve it. That would be a cool thing to do, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be awesome? When you're pressed, life comes out of you. When you're tested, life comes out of you. You squeeze the pimple and life comes out. Well, here you can discern whether that was good or not. (laughs) He said, my words are spirit and they are life. And my words will test how much of me you're really in, but not for the purpose of pulling you down, for the purpose of lifting you up and building you up. But how can I build you up if you're not going to receive my word? How can I build you up if you are still loving you and everything else but me? You're not going in the way. You're not eating the right diet for the outcome you want. I'm God, but I'm not stupid. Challenge, isn't it? Now, here we go. Genesis 1. Need to drink of water. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving or hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. There is nothing. There is the heavens, the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was 
hovering, waiting. What's he waiting for? God to speak, to give the command. What to do what? Create, start filling the earth because it was void. It was dark. There was nothing in it. But actually, before the foundations of all this, it was sitting there dumb in an unseen realm. How well do you know your word? So it's dumb, and the Spirit of God is hovering, going, come on, give me the command. Give me the command, man. This is what I'm here for. This is what you created me for. Give me the command, Father, to bring to light what is in an unseen and bring it into the seen realm. Take it from the eternal and bring it into the temporal Give me the command because I'm hovering. You know what he says? I'm here today and I'm waiting. Greg, give me the word. Give me the word. Give me the word my Father has given you. Give me the Father's word because I'm sitting here and I'm waiting and I'm hovering to what? To fill the church with the word of God. You know what he said to me a few years ago? How's this for a rebuke? He said, Greg, give me a word I can work with. Boom, I thought I was. I know you did. I know you thought you were, and you hit it now and again. Give me a word I can work with. Why? Why, Holy Spirit? Because I don't speak anything from my own initiative. I only speak what the Father has given me to speak. Oh, that sounds like Jesus. That's right. We're in, we're in communion with one another. Jesus only spoke what the Father gave him to spoke, speak, did he not? So you can't just get up and speak your own stuff. So your man or a woman has to go and be with the Lord, sit with the Lord, hear the word, get it revealed within them, and then turn up in front of the gathering of the saints and go, I got a word of the Lord for me and you. And the Holy Spirit's going, here we go. Come on, let it rip. I'm waiting to move among them. When is the music going to be over? When are we going to get into the cafe? When am I getting home to watch the All Blacks or Liverpool play? Why, because I've got my religious ritual I'm going through. No, I turned up to hear some crazy dude preach the word that was for me that's going to change my life because the Holy Spirit's waiting to bring the word to light. He illuminated. The Holy Spirit illuminates the word where? In you. Look what it says. You ready? God saw that light was good and God separated the light from darkness. God called the lightness day and the darkness he called night. And there was morning, evening, and there was morning. Then God said, here we go again. You ready for more life? Let there be the expanse of the midst of the waters and separate from the waters in the water. God made the expanse. Bang, bang, bang. Verse nine. Then God said, what happened when God spoke? More life. Are you hearing the pattern? Then God said, let the earth sprout, more life. Then God said, let the lights be the expanse, more life. Then God said, let the waters team, more life. Then God said, let the creeping things, more life. Then God said, let us. And then there was life. Eight times God spoke. And the outcome of God speaking is what? Creation. He prepared the worlds through the word. How's he preparing you? Hebrews 11.3, by faith, we understand that the word of God was prepared by the what? The spoken word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! This is a word that changes you. This is the word that builds you. This is the word that rescues you from you. Hallelujah, I was rescued from me in 97. He's been continuing to rescue me in that time. What doing? Building himself, Christ, in me, the hope of glory. You ask for testimony, I'll give you one. In 2009, 
through 18 months of seeking, asking, knocking, feeding, hearing, receiving, but not having a mind on what it fully was, but knowing what I was getting was from the unseen realm. It doesn't exist here. What you look at doesn't come from what? This realm. It comes from another realm into this realm. So I'm Sitting with the Lord, praying, asking, knocking, come on. You said I ask, you said I seek, you said I knock, you said I get. (laughs) He goes, yeah, that's right. Come on in, I'm going to show you. Boom, revelation, rema. Heard him speak in part, received the part, received the part, received the part. Heard it, heard it, received it, accepted it, believed it, performed the work in me. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 to 14. Then after 18 months, the final piece comes into the equation. Bang, there's my bride. That's what it's really about. That's why you love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's why you don't run off and do your own things without me. And it revolutionized and radically changed this guy. If you knew me and you knew what I was living for, it's the complete opposite now. And yet the first part's still in there. I still love lost people. I was one. (laughs) I've got mates that are, family that are. But that's not the purpose. It's to love God. And it sounds so simple, but so many miss it because unless you get a reamer on it, you don't know it. You can have logos, but until you get reamer, you don't know it. Can I say that? And I mean that with all love and sensitivity. Until you get a reamer word, you don't have the word that's going to change you. You'll have a technical version about God. It is not wrong. It's good. But it's not going to produce life that I'm talking about. And this testimony that I testify to in seeing, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened to see what's in the unseen and then receive it into you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then that promise is built in you, in the house, in the temple that the Spirit resides in. And then it's formed in you, is powerful. That's called Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's called the armor of God being in a vessel. For God has chosen earthen vessels to pour His glory into. This is what Paul is saying, but you can't know this unless you get Rima. You read it and go, I haven't got a clue what he's talking about. That's right, because you need the Holy Spirit who's hovering, waiting, going, give me the sign. You've given me the sign. I'm here to lead the church into all truth. Anytime the truth want to know the truth, I'm waiting because I'm God, I'm omnipresent, and I'm always awake. He's always awake. Doesn't matter whether it's three in the morning when we're sleeping, nine at night, two, whenever. He's awake, waiting for you to wake up. Going, anybody asking today? Because I want to illuminate what's in my Father and I want to illuminate it in you. Why? Because I have the mission, the commission to lead you into all the truth. That's why I'm here. It is better if I go and I send the Holy Spirit so you can know the life you are called for. But while I stay, you will never know it because the seed must die and rise again for the seed to go out and for there to be much life. John 12, 24 to 26. That's what he's saying. It's a rhema word that brings transformation, the change not the Logos. I'm just going to read you one and then we'll wrap it. If that's all right. James 1. James 1, verse 18. What a tricky one to find, old James. He's tucked in between Peter, I think. Where are you? He's after Hebrews. There he is. Where are you? Yes, James 1, 18. In the exercise of his will, God's will. Listen to these words. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. 
You go to the gym, you go to exercise. You exercise to get an outcome. Okay? So it's saying, think about those words, in the exercise of God's will, in the working out, the exercise of God's will upon the earth, he brought us, the church, forth by the word of truth. Not by our own strength, not by our own cleverness, by our own wisdom. He brought us forth by the word, the eternal word of his son. Truth has a name. His name is Jesus. He's not a principle or a concept or a fact. That's Logos. Rema is he's Jesus. Jesus said, I will set you free. So that word brings us forth. You ready? So that we would be a kind of first fruits. Now, who was the first fruit ultimately? Jesus. He died, he rose again. The first one to die and rise again and come back. He's the first fruit. Now he's saying, you're to be the first fruits of me. Sons. I'm not ashamed to call you brothers. I'm calling you sons. You're the first fruits. 1 John 4, 17, as Jesus was, we are to be. But what brings that reality? The word of truth. The word that is heard. So that you would be a kind, a kind. This is where the evolution has got it all wrong. See, it's a kind. A little dog and a big dog get together. You create a dog. It's a kind of dog. It's not an elephant and a giraffe. God brought them forth in Genesis from their kind. It's two of the same kind. This is where we all miss it. The evolutionists miss it. No. And so you're a kind of Christ. Why? Because you're of the same kind. Spirit, his spirit into your spirit. His spirit cried out, Father, connection is made. You're now my son. You're now my daughter. You're of my kind. If the son needed to receive the word, you think you do? If you're going to live, if you're going to be able to walk in the manner and go, Father, forgive them every time. How many times? Seven? Harry, Seven? 70 times seven, meaning there is no number. When you're smashed, love, but you won't be broken. Why? Because the word's in you. I'll be crushed, but I won't be perplexed. Why? Because the word of God's in you. Because I'm of the same kind. Jesus came down in the form of a human to reflect the kind, even though God was with him and in him, he was still fully human and did everything as a human. Why? As the kind of an example through receiving the word of God, the eternal word of God, kind of first fruits among his, his creatures. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says what? A new creation. So you're a creature of the new creation. A first kind. Like Christ. Becoming Christ-like. Through the eternal word. Here's the key in 19. This you know, my beloved brethren. But everyone must be quick to hear. What are you quick to hear? The word, the word of truth that brings you forward. Go back and have a look at 18. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word that you hear. Not that you listen to in the sense of, oh yeah, I heard the logos, I heard the words and I wrote them all down. The word that needs to be discerned of the frequency that's coming forth from me that really what I'm not saying. You need to hear what I'm not saying. Jesus wasn't talking about seeds and trees and mustard seeds. and He was talking something that they couldn't hear. Hence, they go, why didn't we bring bread? And he's talking about the leaven of the Pharisees. He didn't explain it, what it was in that moment. They went bread, he went teaching. Very different things, aren't they? Physical bread, I'm talking about the teaching you're listening to. Why? Because they couldn't hear what he was really saying. Why? Because they didn't have yet the Holy Spirit living within them to hear it. But we're supposed to because we're in another time frame. So he says, be quick to hear, slow to speak. Man. 
A man or a woman that's quick to speak is probably going to share with you their opinion. You see, we only speak a word we've heard. That's what protects you and I. Be wary of people that are really quick to speak. But people that are hearing people will speak. And they speak words of wisdom that the mature hear. Why? Because the mature are quick to hear. The immature are quick to speak. And they get angry. See, it says here, slow down, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Why do you think someone gets angry? Because they actually don't think you're listening to them. And you go, I'm hearing what you're saying. It's just not the word of the Lord, it's you. And they try to tell you, they try and tell you, this is right, this is right. Again, and I hear what you're saying. I'm hearing it, and it's not of my father. Why? Because I've learned to be quick to hear. And I've learned to wait on the Lord and sit and rest until I hear from my father, because I will not speak anything from that's not from my father. That was the instruction Jesus was given, the Holy Spirit was given. It's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. So be quick to hear and be very slow. Don't be quick to speak until you know it is a word that you've heard. Because that's a word that has power. That's a word that's living, active, sharper than a double-edged sword. Do you know what it does? And when the hearer is waiting to receive it because the soil is fertile, the seed goes in, and the crop is produced in time. Two questions to leave with you. Are we receiving this word, the word of God? There's one question. Are we receiving this word, the word of God? And if we are not, the second question is, what point of action do we need to take to start receiving it? So if you're receiving it, you're hearing it, your life is changing, you're going, let me share with you the testimonies of life within me, coming through me, bingo, awesome, keep going. There is much for us to come into. Much is freely given. If you're sitting here today going, okay, Emmanuel, okay? What? See, what are you talking about, eh? Then can I encourage you, maybe with someone else, and enter into discipleship and go, let's seek the Holy Spirit together. Let's ask him, because he's hovering and waiting, to illuminate everything in the Father to bring to light. Because he doesn't want people that are empty and void. He doesn't want people like creation at the start. He wants them full of himself. And he's waiting and hovering to perform a work that he started when he reached down to you and justified you. Philippians 1.6, God will perfect the work he started. Well, are you letting him? And you are in his alignment because this life I'm describing, Christ in us, the hope of glory, which is transformational, is what he came to bring you as his child. Amen. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are receiving and you are giving full words. They are words that are meaty. They are words that are powerful. They are words that are vibrant. They are colorful. They are empowering. They heal. They create. They challenge. They open up. Father, they expose all though for the goodness of building your church, God. Father, I thank you that your love comes and it covers us while we actually get uncovered. I thank you that your love is a covering and you tell us to love one another as we get uncovered and the stuff that maybe we've been hiding and holding on to which is hurting us and restricting us we say today God we're going to let it out we're going to let go of that mindset we're going to let go of that 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 thing that's holding me back that pride we're going to let go and open up and let you do a work in us and God we need you Holy Spirit we thank you that you've been commissioned to bring us into all of life within us primarily and then through us Father and so I thank you that you have 
have given us the Holy Spirit to hear. You have given us the Spirit to see. And so, God, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to activate the things in the Spirit that we would hear the frequency of the Word and receive it, believe it, accept it in you for it to perform its work in us that we would become imitators of you, God. And I thank you that all that is possible in your name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you'd like to discuss anything, you have questions, either email me. I'll be right here right now if you want to come talk. It's the new Friends Lunch we're happening, so there's bread (laughs) and sandwiches and lovely food. So if you've been with us, feel free to go eat that, but don't live on it. Um, Live on what you've heard. And so have an awesome day. Come out and hear Paul speak. Continue on this food of Ephesians. Thanks, guys.